trending again With Sarah and Ben Sit down, have a coffee And enjoy the show Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Trending Again uh, In today's episode we're going to be uh, talking about Pete and Kim Kardashian have just split. Uh, this is uh, an article from AP News. Oh, hang on. No, I'm looking from news.com.au. Uh, we'll get into that. Also, Warner Brothers have just uh, shelved Batgirl and Scoob 2 tax purposes, we'll, we'll read a little bit into that, and then just something sciencey I thought sounded really cool, and we'd have a bit of a uh, look into that as well, and that's um, ways generating power for homes in Australia, So, uh, which is where I'm from, so uh, we'll get into those articles, starting off with Kim K and Pete Davidson, they have called it quits according to news.com.au and CNN. I'm pretty sure are the ones that broke it. Okay, let's get into the article. So the article reads, um, this is by Bella Fowler, so shout out to her. I'm assuming she's the journalist behind this. Anyway, the article reads as following. Friends close to Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson have confirmed the couple have gone their separate ways after nine months of dating. Comedian uh, Davidson, 28, and reality television royalty Kardashian, 41, have reportedly decided to be friends, according to a source who spoke exclusively to E! News. They have a lot of love and respect for each other, the insider said but found that the long distance and their demanding schedules made it really difficult to maintain a relationship. Davidson is currently in Australia while filming an upcoming comedy flick in Cairns with Kardashian recently popping over for a visit. It comes after the former Saturday Night Live star said marriage and children were 100% in his outlook in an interview with actor Kevin Hart. During the podcast chat, Davidson spoke about how becoming a father would be his favourite thing ever. I'm definitely a family guy, he told Hart. My favourite thing ever, which I'm yet to achieve, is I want to have a kid it's like my dream. It would be so fun to dress up a little dude. Kardashian similarly hinted at her hope of a future with the king of Staten Island actor, with sources recently telling people they were very much a serious couple. The source did add, however, that Kardashian was finding long distance difficult while Davidson shoots his film Wizards Down Under. Wizards down under, eh? The long distance hasn't been easy for Kim, but they are making it work. 
they are still very happy, they said, adding that their Skims co-founder was looking forward to his U.S. return. Kim loved visiting Pete in Australia in July. They had been apart for several weeks and they enjoyed a long weekend together, the source said. Pete is still filming but will be finished now in August. He has another project in the U.S. though, so he will continue to be busy. The duo's unlikely pairing was confirmed in November last year and they've been causing a stir on social media since with their steamy displays of affection. The first They first met when Kardashian guest-hosted SNL where the pair shared a kiss during a skit. In a cheeky moment on Hulu's Kardashians, the stunning mum of four said she originally pursued the comic because of his rumoured BDE, Big Dick Energy. Speaking of Big Dick Energy, uh, there's a song out, and it's uh, got Big Energy, but I like to add the Big Dick Energy in there. So <laughs> anyway, moving on. So this is how it went down with Pete. She began during a confessional interview on the show Per People. I did SNL and when we kissed in a scene, it was just a vibe. And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe I just need to try something different. A few days later, I called the producer at SNL and was like, hey, do you have Pete's number? And they were like, yeah, she said. I text him, I wasn't even thinking like, oh my god, I'm going to be in a relationship with him. I was just thinking, heard about his BDE, need to get out there, I need to jumpstart my Kardashian. I was just basically DTF, down to fuck. Over the course of their relationship, the pair made headlines when Kardashian's ex-husband Kanye West made several public threats against Davidson, resulting in a lengthy text message exchange between the two men in which Davidson urged the rapper to grow the fuck up. Kardashian and West have four children together who Davidson met in April this year. The comedian raised eyebrows in May when he was seen sporting a new tattoo which fans were convinced was a reference to Kardashian and West children. The ink on his neck appears to read K and SCP, the initials of North 8, Saint 6, Chicago 4, and Psalm 2. Okay, and that's the end of that article. Uh, Pete is has quite the uh, dating history as well. So we could totally go through some of his uh, exes, some of the big ones being obviously Ariana Grande and uh, Kate Beckinsdale. So he, he, it's going to be really interesting to see he, where he goes from here if uh, all this is uh, actually true about them splitting so we'll have to see where things go from from there. But I'm I'm kind of interested to see who he ends up with next because he has 
Uh, yeah, quite the dating history. Here it is, Pete Davidson's dating history, a wider range of Hollywood ladies. All right, starting off his uh, his list, basically of his dating history, we have Carly Aquilio in 2015. While things never got too serious of the pair, Davidson clearly made an impression on her years later when he got engaged to Ariana Grande in 2018. Aquilino wrote on their romance in a post to, I know I'm the nine billionth person to text you today about this, but I can't. uh, And then it kind of ends up, okay, according to US Weekly. Davidson found himself in his first long-term relationship with comedian Larry David's daughter, Cassie David. The couple began dating in May 2016, and things quickly got serious. Two years later, in May 2018, Davidson confirmed they had officially broken up. Then he started his relationship uh, with Ariana Grande, one of Davidson's most shocking romantic moves was when he started dating Ariana Grande. They publicly revealed they were in a relationship at the end of May 2018, directly after Davidson broke things off with Cavi. Uh, Cazzy, sorry. Cavi. <laughs> All right, things then moved quickly from there with Davidson and Grande getting engaged just a few weeks after their relationship began. But just as swiftly as things started, they rapidly uh, came to an end. The pair called off their engagement and broke up in October 2018 after just five months together. Davidson moved on from their relationship by covering up his neck tattoo originally inspired by the position symbol. Davidson wasted no time rebounding from his failed engagement to Grande by moving on with Kate Beckinsdale. But then from there, they they ended their relationship in April 2019, moving on to a dating Margaret Quayley, I think is how you say her name. Uh, and she was in a film called... Seberg, which screened at the Venice Film Festival. They they ended their relationship in October. Actress Andy McDowell, who is Quayley's mother, said in September that her daughter and had a nice relationship. She has a beautiful relationship with him, but I don't want to step on her relationship too much, she said, adding they have a nice relationship. Davidson then found love with Kaya Gerber, the daughter of Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber. The pair began dating in 
October 2019 and were spotted out and about together, including a romantic getaway in Miami. While they were seeing each other, we reported that Gerber's parents hoped that the relationship would fizzle out. And fizzle they did. Page 6 reported in January 2020 that the couple broke things off at the time. Davidson was going through a lot with his mental health and checked into rehab. Alright. After that, he then dated Olivia O'Brien. Claimed she and Davidson dated in October 2020 prior to his relationship with Phoebe Dimebuff. However, he denied they were ever together. The singer alleged on the BFF's podcast in June 2022 that she and the comic had a secret short-lived fling. I wouldn't necessarily class that as a relationship, but that's just me. One of Davidson's latest leading ladies was Bridgerton actress Phoebe Dimebuff. Rumour of their romance began swirling in March 2021 when Davidson flew from New York to the UK to spend time with her. An insider confirmed at the time that they were spending time together. Then in April, Page Six learned that her and Davidson's relationship was not too serious. So they were just effing around. Anyway, <laughs> that... uh. All came to an end in August of 2021 for him to then end up with uh, his current partner or ex-partner now, I guess, uh, Kim Kim K. Uh, in October 2021, not long after they kissed during SNL skit, so they were very getting very close to their one year. Um, yeah. Oh well, what a shame! But it's going to be interesting to see who uh, he ends up with next. And same same goes for Kim K, I guess. So yeah. Uh, the the reason they kind of broke up, I think I did say it in in the. Uh, article earlier was due to their schedules and just it being hard uh, through distance, which is a lot of reasons that the Hollywood couples break up. So that's a uh, pretty common one, I would say. Anyway, on to Warner Bros, who have just had a uh, buyout from Discovery. So they have just merged and they've found in uh, a con- contract or something that they have the small window to write off whatever they want for tax purposes. So they have decided to shelve uh, Batgirl, which was reportedly like $90 million, um, starring Leslie Grace. It also had Michael Keaton returning as Batman, J.K. Simmons, Brendan Fraser. So Brendan Fraser was playing the villain in this. I can't remember the villain's name, but anyway. Uh, And I'm assuming J.K. Simmons was reprising his role as Commissioner Gordon. 
yeah, so that would have been pretty pretty interesting to see how that film turned out. I think there's a lot of uh like the people that are kind of against kind of the woke movies are kind of happy about this. But it would have been at the same time interesting to see and how it turned out. There's a lot of rumours around the film uh, and why it was shelved, like being that they had done some test screenings and the the film was not like good at all. So and David uh, Zadslav, I think is how you say his name, basically came out at a conference recently as well and said they are not going to release anything unless they think it's ready. So uh, and good, but their concentration is going to be on a lot of DC stuff. Uh, but from what I'm gathering from reports, it sounds like they kind of want to reboot everything. I think it's the smartest idea. As much as I love uh, Ben Affleck, and and I think it's a good time just to maybe wrap things up with um, their, their movies coming out, just wrap it all up and just start fresh. So they basically want to bring in a uh, C- CEO or like basically someone to run DC, kind of like Kevin Feige from Marvel, and have a big 10-year plan. That's what he ha- was uh, alluding to in his uh, conference with his investors. So that uh, just remains to be seen, I guess. You, ca- you can only take so much uh like out of words we need to see that in action and who they are going to even get to run the DC studio but it's cool that they're going in this direction i think it's the right direction and we'll uh have to wait and see uh where this goes there is still looking at our uh, bringing Flash out. There's a whole controversy around that as well. I don't really want to touch on that too much. If you want to look into that stuff, um, there's some Ezra Miller stuff going on. To say, I li- I like to watch a lot of uh, entertainment shows on YouTube, and I agree with a lot of their opinion. They should probably just cut their losses now and write off the Flash movie, but they want to move forward with that. Um, obviously Black Adam is still coming out, and Shazam, I really liked the Shazam movie, so I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel, but my personal take is that I think they should just, like, have have these last couple of movies come out and just wrap up and just say, look, we're starting fresh, whether they want to use Robert Patterson or or whatever, but I'm happy for them to whole thing and start a whole new uh, universe. We're obviously going to get our get uh, the Batman 2. It made like a billion dollars, so of course we're going to get the Batman uh, with Robert Patterson. It doesn't necessarily have to be part of a new DC universe. I'd be happy either way. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, oh, and that was the other thing. We got a little bit of a teaser for the Joker 2. 
which didn't really show much at all, but uh, it got me pretty excited. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they do with it because I'm a big fan of musicals and apparently they're turning Joker 2 into a musical, but it's not everybody's cup of tea, but we'll just have to wait and see what they come out with when they have an actual uh, teaser trailer. Because so, it's still a while off. I'm pretty sure it doesn't come out till 2024. So it's still quite the ways away. Anyway, um, moving on from that story. We're going to get into a little bit of uh, science. I guess, would you say science? Yeah, kind of. Power. Anyway, power. Basically, the article title is the wave power generator experts say ocean energy can work is already powering australian homes okay let's get into this article hang on is there a shout out to a journalist okay jessica uh morin wrote this article let's go ahead and get into the article for the first time in australia australia's history a wave Energy converter trial has successor, successfully. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Let's start again. For the first time in Australia's history, a wave energy converter trial has successfully generated energy from the chaotic and wild ocean waves to power homes. For years, companies around the world have tried to harness the power of the ocean with varying degrees of success. This is really the first project that has successfully generated electricity for a customer and that goes to prove that ocean energy can work. Stephanie Thornton from Australian Ocean Energy Group, I'm starting to sound like Joe Biden here, Australian Ocean Energy Group said, setting off the King Island coast in Bass Strait, Bass Strait, <laughs> Bass Strait. The unit made my made my Melbourne. Oh jeez, need to stop smoking. <laughs> Sing off the King Island coast in Bass Strait. The unit made by Melbourne company Wave Swell Energy has been generating power for the island's local energy grid for the past year. All right, key points. Yeah, let's read the key points, I guess. Australia can now use the ocean to power homes after a trial off King Island proved successful in generating energy. The unit can now be commercialised and placed off any coastline anywhere in the world. Industry experts are thrilled by the successful pilot, hoping it now opens doors for the industry. It's a huge success from our point of view, King Island Mayor Julie Arnold said. It's providing power for the island. It's renewable. It's method that could be used in other places so we are very happy to be pioneering it. We are, are a community that does look at our environment every day, certainly with a lot of what's going on around the world. 
I think more and more importance is being placed on environmentally sustainable ways to provide power. All right, it goes on to allude Australia's first successful trial. It's really exciting for us, said Chief CEO of Wave Swell Energy, Paul Deason. We've been very focused on this trial and proving the capabilities of the technology we deployed. And now, 12 months later, we've achieved what we set out to do. We've been generating electricity from the waves of the Southern Ocean that have been captured in the unit. That was our primary objective. That electricity is of a very high quality and has been accepted by Hydro Tasmania as suitable for the grid, for the grid on King Island. So that's a very important achievement. And then they got like a little diagram. I might link this on our Facebook page. So you can go take a look. So what what it kind of shows that it's doing is there's a turbine at the top and the wave kind of comes in underneath this uh, generator and moves up and down uh, as the wave, you know, I guess, what would you call it? Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Pro, pro scientist right here. <laughs> the company said under the right wave <laughs> conditions, the UniWave 200 can make enough energy for 200 homes. Oh, well, there you go. The UniWave 200. I wonder if that's what, how it got that name because it can only power. Well, it can only power because it powers 200 homes. Anyway, the conversion rates that we've been able to achieve in terms of the amount of electricity we are able to extract from the wave energy that comes into the unit is very high, Mr. Geeson said. On average, we've been able to achieve conversion rates of 48%. So 48% of the energy that comes in in the wave is then exported onto the grid on King Island. That rate is very encouraging and in fact is higher than other renew renewable energy technologies. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Why did it work while others have failed? The team behind it said its success all came down to the unique design. The 12 million unit $12 million unit was constructed in Launceston and extensively tested at the Australian Maritime College. It was towed across last year to King Island and placed in the rough waves off Grassy Harbour. Since then, the team have been tested in a range of harsh weather conditions we have now operated the unit and it has survived the last 12 months in the very harsh conditions of Bass Strait and we've achieved the objectives we set out to achieve Mr Geeson said 
now we find ourselves in a position where we've proven the technology and the next stage is now to move forward and commercialise the technology and see it become mainstream as part of the mix of glo- global mix of renewable energies. The 200 kilowatt wave energy converter has no moving parts in the water and uses an oscillating water column design which especially mimics a natural blowhole. Waves go in, rise and fall and move air up into the turbine which then converts into power. It sits on the seabed and has an opening on the side to allow the movement of the waves in and out of the chamber. The company said there was a trial in Scotland that was having success too that was mainly using tidal energy and did not have the blowhole design seen as believing. As defined by the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, wave energy is generated by converting the energy within ocean waves into electricity. Tidal energy, however, comes into in two forms, both of which generate electricity. Tidal range technologies harvest the potential energy created by the height difference between high and low tides. The tidal stream technologies capture the kinetic energy of currents flowing in and out of tidal areas, such as seashores. We have something to showcase that works, and now we can build on that and build that customer demand we are looking for, said Stephanie Thornton from the Australian Energy Group. What's really exciting for me is that seeing it's believing and up until now, though there's been a lot of innovation, a lot of the technology has not been very visible. So with this success, where it goes from here is now to see many more prototypes and demonstrations projects in the water and really being able to showcase the benefits of ocean energy. Using the ocean for energy as a concept many companies have tried to harness in 2010 a large wave sunk a wave energy generator off the New South Wales coast and in 2014 in South Australia a unit was being towed into position when one of the flotation devices ruptured and it sank. Since then there have been other units trialled and funding committed for research. Can more units now be made? A larger unit can be made that generates five times the amount of energy and could be placed off any coastline anywhere in the world. Waveswell said it was open to working with interested companies who would provide the funding and resources to build future to build future units. In terms of the commercial scale up, it will most likely be a bigger unit and also have a big, bigger engine, so at least five times bigger, Mr. Geeson said. So for us, it means finding those parties and we will work with them bringing our knowledge and know-how to help. The units can also be integrated into being part of uh, 
breakwater or seawall in the ocean of Pacific Island nations, for example, to help combat rising sea levels and coastal erosion. There are sovereign governments in those islands that are very concerned to ensure that they are building resilient infrastructure infrastructure so that's also presenting as a very considerable opportunity for us he said there's also interest out of europe in the united states and india so we need to identify which projects are the next step for the technology we would hope that maybe seeing it work here on a pilot basis might give them some hope miss arnold said an ocean of possibilities ahead. Wayswell said it would love to see another opera, uh, unit operating off the Australian coastline given we are an emerging technology. The very obvious market for us to pursue is the Australian market, Mr Geeson said. The Australian oceans have some of the best waves in the world and waves that are well located to grid access and to electricity demand many of us live on the coastline but mr geeson said more support for the industry was needed solar and wind have received substantial government support wave is now in that position it needs policy support and funding that's vital for industry taking its next steps he said experts in the field have said the stigma around wave energy converters failing also needed to change for the sector to move forward. Every technology in the world has had failures, but that's really part of experimenting and learning from it and reinventing and growing. So that's the challenge, Ms. Arnold said. In our industry, people remember the ones that didn't work and think, oh, well, that's ocean energy, so it can't possibly be successful, when in fact that's not true, and this unit has proven that. It's exciting. I hope demand for ocean energy grows from here. So that's pretty exciting. I thought this was actually interesting. I seen one of my friends share it on their Instagram, and I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool to cover. So I hope you guys found all these topics as interesting as I have. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you're not missing Sarah too much. I'm sure she'll be back when she's ready. And I just really wanted to put out a brand new episode for you. Um, trending again is not dead. It's still around. Um, we'll be back with Sarah, I'm sure, eventually when, like I say, she is ready to uh, start recording again. Anyway, uh, let me know your thoughts on Facebook. Make sure you review and rate our show. It would be really helpful for other people to find our show and, and episodes and help us grow. And I'll see you all in the next episode of Trending Again. And until then, bye-bye. groovy episode that was today was really interesting folks hopefully we'll see you next time like and subscribe and don't forget stay groovy